Party time, Mom. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Brady Show. It's Monday. It is Monday. I'm, I'm looking at this stuff. Like, looks like somebody took a bite out of this microphone. Mark, the perfectionist, the puppet master, driving us into the nether regions of all things insanity. And it is insane, folks. This is an insane world. Uh, Chris, Super Mario Chris. Let's see. This. I don't want to talk about any of this stuff. I want to talk about this stuff. <laughs> How about that? Ah, hope you guys had a great weekend. Hope you guys are looking forward to a great week. Let's let's talk about the state of situ the situation in America. Now, somebody over the weekend, um, the, the somebody called me a. They said I'm a bully. Like I'm always looking for things that don't exist. Like I'm creating problems out there that that don't even you know, manifest themselves. Because we live in this wonderful utopia here in America. Uh, there's Everything is hunky-dory, A-okay, right? You know, last week we had a fun little distraction talking about the Oscars and these elites slapping each other or whatever they did. And uh, we had a good chuckle and all that stuff. But let's face the fact that a crime was committed. And although you can apologize all you want... Uh, there was still a crime that had no consequences, as far as we know. Um, and I'm pretty sure there was none. So let's talk about that, Chris. Let's talk about crime in America. And no, I'm not talking about one celebrity slapping another celebrity. I'm talking about real stuff. And uh, I don't know, Chris, if we want to go in any particular order with this stuff. But I'm worried. I'm, I'm concerned. I'm looking through these headlines. I'm concerned with the next generation. I'm concerned with where we're headed. That's why I want to talk about this, okay? I want to lay a heavy topic on you on this Monday. Yeah, on a Monday. I'm going to lay, lay a heavy topic on you. Um, and and I, I don't want to depress you, but I want you to realize that, that I'm not just making up this false reality. There's some stuff going on in the world that's just not good. It's really not good. Um. And we gotta, I, we got to get a handle on this thing, okay? So where do we want to start, Chris? Do you want to start with a video on this thing? Let's, let's, let's start with that. Okay, let's do it. Let's do the audio on that. Uh, let's do the kicked in the head one. Back to Northern California, a shocking video of a senseless attack in Daly City showing an elderly man get kicked to the ground from behind. And this is not the first time it's happened. There's the offender right there, kicking him to the ground. Solomon Hernandez was attacked six months ago as well. Okay, so you see videos like that, and it's pretty graphic, right? And you start thinking, here's an 84-year-old man minding his own business. He's not doing anything, right? He's, he's doing something in his yard there. He's working with his lawnmower, whatever that is, putting some trash and thing. And somebody just wants to get his rocks off, comes up there and attacks the guy senselessly. Without any warning. This is the world we live in. So here's a guy that, you know, you would think that in this day and age of constant surveillance, like there's literally nothing you're doing in life that's not on camera anymore. If you're, if you're anywhere, if you're in a neighborhood, you've got ring cameras that are picking you up. Uh, if you're driving down the street, there's traffic cameras that are picking you up. If you're in the city, there's security cameras on buildings that are picking you up. But here's the thing. We've gotten to a point 
where no one cares if they are seen or not, because at the end of the day, there's no consequences for it. Now, Chris, Mark, I just want to ask you guys, if, if you got caught doing something like this, it, first of all, you had the raw gall to go up there and kick an old man in the back of the head. And then you're going to run up. If, if my father had caught me, I mean, he would have beat me senseless, probably. Well, Chad, it goes back to we're not connected anymore. There you is know, no sense of community. Ba- back in the day, if I did something, because I was talking to my grandma. My grandma has been staying with me for like a month now. And we've been talking about how, Chad, I used to walk an hour and a half from my house to her house as a 10-year-old, yeah. as a 12-year-old. And if I did something, oh, by the time I got to my parents' house, from my <laughs> grandma's house, everybody in the neighborhood knew that Chris Cruz was walking to get a whooping because he went <laughs> and took little Uncle Joe's over their horse and smacked it in the butt and caused a whole ruckus. And the whole town was like, what the heck is Chris Cruz doing? But I feel like we, we don't have that, and I hate saying it, that, you know, like what they say, like it takes a village to raise a kid. Yeah. But in the other way of like, hey, Chad is doing something that he should not be doing. Let's call Mr. Chad and say, hey, I just saw your son, you know, kick the mailbox. Like that community. And Chad, do you know your neighbors? No. The only neighbor that I know is the guy to my right. Yeah. Only because he's a prepper. And then, Chad. You've been, you've been spying on him. And for the last three <laughs> years, I lived in this house. Guess who I just found out over the weekend? That's my neighbor. Wow. Josh Jennings is my neighbor down the street from me. Josh Jennings. Josh Jennings. A writer for Blaze The writer TV. for this show. A writer for this show. Lives two streets. <laughs> he passes my house Every single day. You didn't even know it. And I just saw him on Sunday while I was doing yard work. He waved. I waved. And it was those parallel, like, wait, what are you doing here? Worlds collided. For sure. Isn't that funny? Three years. Three <laughs> years. <clears throat> I can remember. And, and again, just the fact that you and I are saying we're going to get our butts whooped. A lot of people say, oh, see, that's the problem is, is you, you want to solve violent problems with more violence. No, I, that was the deterrent. It, it wasn't about violence. My father never spanked me because he, he might have been frustrated with me, but he never abused me, right? I, there's a big difference between discipline and abuse. Um, there's something done out of anger versus something done out of love. We're not talking about things done out of anger. I'm talking about discipline. Now, where I grew up, I grew up down in the woods, and... Uh, I had to walk through the woods to get to other neighborhoods. But once I got over there, um, people knew who I was. They knew where I had come from, right? And you're right, Chris. We had that sense of community. You get on the phone, call somebody's mama, and you're like, you know, here's the deal. We don't do that anymore. I saw a video the other day, and we don't have it, and it's okay, but I saw a video the other day of this kid. He was in the store with his mother, and he's tearing this place apart. And a stranger, another guy, he walks up and starts correcting the kid and putting stuff back and telling the kid to put stuff back in place. Now, most people will look at that and say, how dare you correct my kid? But, dude, that's what we're getting. We're getting back to a place. We've got to get back to a place where the community engages one another and holds each other accountable. 
in some things because stuff like what I just showed you with this 84-year-old man minding his own business is kicked in the back of the head. That, we're, what, are, what are we? What civilization are we growing into? You can talk about strides of equality when it comes to women or other races or whatever. But this kind of stuff, and it's getting more and more prevalent. You know, I have uh, one of my daughters is graduating from college <clears throat> uh, in the spring. Well, in a couple of months. And um, she's going to New York City for a tryout. And I'm not going to say what all about, but yeah, well, Radio City Music Hall. And, uh, and so I'm like, well, babe, you're not going alone. <laughs> and, and she was like, I'll be fine. I said, you're not going alone, yep. right? Uh, I'll go with you, get you where you need to be, guide you through the process, get you, you know, it's one thing if you're moving up there and you got a network of some kind of thing. But I'm like, I just don't trust the world anymore. I, you know, I, I used to do, I used to jump on an airplane, fly to Africa, get off that airplane alone in Lagos, Nigeria, and go through the airport, which was one of the most dangerous places on the planet. And, it, it, you know, I used to do that. I, like, I'm not a person that walks in fear. But, dude, these days, you better have your head on a swivel. You have got to have some situational awareness. You know, I saw that video, and it's kind of been creeping around the Internet of this, of this guy. He's driving his car, and it's a dash cam, and there's a car in front of him that stops under a bridge. All right. Most people would just drive right up and, and kind of slow down right behind that car under the bridge. But he was smart enough to stop about 30 yards back because they jumped out. It was an attempted carjacking. Stop you under a bridge where you don't have any place to go. And so he just blew on past them and just took the doors, door right off of one side of their car. Most people don't have that presence of mind. You know, when we had Spencer Corson on a show and he had written his book, The Safety Trap, still highly recommend everybody get The Safety Trap um, and read it. He's talking about that the safety trap is, we, is that situation where you think everything's okay. Like here's a guy just minding his own business. And I don't think everybody's going to go out in their yard and get kicked in the back of the head. But the fact that we don't have any more value for human life it's one thing that we don't value somebody else's hard work or possessions. You know, somebody works real hard to, to earn something, make something, create something, invest in something, buy something. That's why we're always talking about home title lock, right? Free plug for them. You talk about somebody that works hard to have a, have a home, and then somebody's going to come and forge your signature and identity on it and, and take your home from you, basically. I mean, it's one thing to devalue somebody's hard-earned stuff. But when you devalue a human being, we're on a whole no other level of, of evil here. Um, we're, we're at a place where society cannot continue to function. And listen, I, I understand that we've created this, this culture over the years, this, this evolution of culture where we call unborn babies, you know, a, a clump of cells or a protoplasmic blob or a fetus, but, it, but instead of a human life, right? So if you, and then it's just, you know, take a pill. You see these people who'll take an abortion pill right there in an interview on TV. 
when you devalue human life to that point, there's nowhere for, for society to go. And so now we have the, the whole smash and grab culture, right? Uh, people going to break into a store and do all that. Uh, you know, they're going to carjack you. You remember the video from a few months ago where the guy was getting carjacked and he hung onto the side of the car and he wound up getting killed. You know, and it's like your stuff is not worth your life. Uh, every time I talk about your stuff, I'm always reminded of the old George Carlin bit where he talks about my stuff is stuff and your stuff is shit. So, like, if I go to your house, I got to move your shit out of the way to make room for my stuff uh, on the table by the bed, you know? <laughs> Why is it that my stuff is stuff and your stuff is shit? Um, but you, if you start valuing your, you don't value your stuff more than your life. But we got to get back to a point where we're holding folks accountable. You know, when you have communities in America where their fatherlessness is a rampant disease, there is no example, and I will speak specifically to the black community in that sense because, and listen, crime doesn't know color, so don't, don't try to put words in my mouth. But when you look at the black community, and it's a tragedy, you know, back in 1965, only 24% of those homes were fatherless. Now 76% of them are fatherless. Where's the example? Um, you know, where, where is, and I'm telling you, man, fatherhood and a, and a masculine influence in society, it's so important. And now we've taken masculinity and made that toxic. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny that last week, and we talk about male toxicity and all this kind of stuff and men being chauvinists and pigs and, you know, now everybody came out of the woodworks last week defending Will Smith who walked up and slapped a guy for insulting his wife. Now, there's more to the story. We know there's more to the story. But everybody was like, oh, yeah, that's how you do it right there. That's how you do it. Mm, isn't it funny how suddenly we celebrate yeah. a man doing man stuff? And, and because, because, no, it's not, I don't think it's right to just walk around slapping people. Don't walk around slapping comedians. Don't slap the preacher because he called your wife a whore. Maybe she is one. We don't know. <laughs> a bit dog always barks, Chris. I'm just telling you. But you don't just walk around just because somebody offends you and slapping them. I get that. But the point is, he, in essence, was standing up for his woman. And everybody praised that. There, there is something to that, even if he did it in a wrong way. There's something to be said for that. I think women want that. I'll talk more about that. I got to go to a break. But I, I, I think, I think. As we're going, we may offend some people on this show today. I don't really care, but let's talk about society's ills. What leads to another man walking up behind an 84-year-old man, kicking him in the back of the head? I want to talk about this. Uh, you've heard me talk about the three-week rule, probably the best financial advice ever. What is it? Uh, three-week rule. Three weeks to buy a new car. Three weeks to refinance your home mortgage. Three weeks to finance any major purchase. Why three weeks? Because that's how fast the average ScoreMaster user takes to boost his or her credit score. An average of 61 points. And listen, 61 points added to your credit score can save you tens of thousands on pretty much everything you finance. Uh, ScoreMaster technology was developed by credit data scientists to boost your credit score higher and faster than you thought possible. ScoreMaster is so easy takes about a minute to get started. You don't have to wait months for your best credit score. I want you to try it for free and see how many plus points you can add to your credit score. So go to scoremaster.com slash chat. Again, scoremaster.com slash chat. Scoremaster.com slash chat. 
Boy, howdy. Um, there's a reason why. And Chris, we might have to have Bible study tomorrow's episode. I think I'm going to have to do Bible study. I'm going to have to break it out on y'all. But there's a reason why God is referred to as Father in the New Testament more than anything else. There's an importance to that. Um, I do believe that most of society's ills, most of the confusion that's out there, a lot of the identity issues, is it comes back to a father issue. It really does. Guys, and I'm talking to you specifically, guys, men, y'all have the ability to speak life into things that, others, that women just don't have. Women have opportunity to speak life into things that men don't have, okay? There are words of affirmation. There are nurturing things. Women just tend to do that better than men. But when it comes to putting authority and status on, on a child, children need a father. They do. That goes against the grain of what society wants to tell you. But they, that's why, that is why in the New Testament, you don't see anybody referred to as the daughters of God. They're referred to as the sons of God. For the creation groans longing for the revelation of the sons of God, right? And, and you know, God refers to you as a son because in those days, in that culture, the daughter didn't receive the same inheritance that the son received. So in order to have that inheritance, for the father to be able to give you that inheritance, you had to, you had to be a son and recognize as a son. That was the only way to have authority. So <laughs> this, this is one of those things where we have minimalized and even villainized the idea of masculinity and the ability for a man to speak into a situation. For instance... If, if I'm in a situation and I'm getting my ass handed to me, let's say, at a McDonald's in New York City, do, do I want uh, Chris to come help me or do I want Chris's wife to come help me? I, it's a toss up between the two, honestly. But I'm thinking Chris, right? <laughs> I, I, I kind of, you know, I, Chris's wife pretty tough. But I, I tend to think, man, I, I would like to have a man come help me. And that's what you think, too. Don't, don't even lie about it. And listen, I, I've seen some pretty tough gals out there. I've seen some gals I don't want to tangle with. But by and large, stereotypically, you want the guy to come help you. Why? Because men are, by their very nature, in most cases, created to be protectors and defenders and providers and fighters and warriors and those kind of things. That's why they don't sign women up for the draft. <laughs> Play that clip from that McDonald's in New York City. Now, here's a guy in a McDonald's, and bam, sucker punched on the ground, gets up, and a guy comes at him. You got a different camera angle here, and it just, it's on from there. The guy's obviously disoriented from just getting sucker punched. And now he's just going to get his, he's just going to get his butt beat. This guy is just going to beat the snot out of him. And here's this guy who's just going to sit there and say, hey, am I next in line? You know, I mean, this guy's going to sit there and watch it happen. That's a big dude, by the way. Like, 
you got three people, you got three examples. You got the victim who's being senselessly and mercilessly attacked. And then you've got uh, the attacker who ain't no man uh, because it's just not what true masculinity is. That's toxicity. That's taking advantage of a situation for whatever your motivation may be. And then you got the other guy. That ain't a man either who's just going to sit there and watch it happen. Instead of intervening, stopping it, doing something to, to try to help give that person some mercy that's being attacked. Folks, don't be any one of those three people. Now, you don't always know how you're going to react until you're in a situation. I get it. But you know what? Do a little bit of preparation. And that's what I mean by situational awareness. You know, how many people go into a restaurant? You know, I had dinner the other night with my buddy, uh, Cooper Wade. He came into town and, and uh, he, he, he said, well, you know, I'm not going to sit with my back to the door. And I said, well, we got a problem because I ain't sitting with my back to the door. So, you know, we kind of sat around a table 90 degrees where we both could eyeball the door. Um, and you always, the idea is, well, it's, it's never going to happen to me. Shit. Uh, I've seen, you know, I've, I've seen things in my life. I've seen bad things happen with your own eyes. And it's surreal when it happens. You get caught off guard. But my thing is, let's don't be caught off guard. But more than that, let's train our kids, dads. Let's get involved and talk to our kids and let's prepare them. Teach them how to survive. Teach them how to fight. Teach them how to handle a knife, how to handle a firearm. Teach them how to take it apart, put it back together. Teach them how to clean it. Teach them how to load it up. Teach them how to store it, how to, how to protect themselves. You know, teach them how to throw a punch. These are things like, oh, I, I never want to, you know, my father, I come home, I, I got into a pretty bad fight one time and, you know, I smoked a guy pretty bad. And I, I've had my ass beat enough, but there's a few fights I've won too. Boys do things, right? It's okay. But I, I beat a kid up pretty good. And I came home and I was in trouble with the school. But my dad had a question. He said, anybody know what it is? Did you start it? And I said, no, I did not. He, he came up and he punched me. And he said, all right then. <laughs> That's that. And that, if I'd have started it, it would have been another story. So I'm not encouraging you to teach your kids to go out and be bullies. But I do want them to know how to pop the, know how to pop the bully in the mouth. Because the world's going to be mean to you. And the world is not going to be nice. Now, you're probably not going to get, you know, chances are you're not going to get beat up in a New York City McDonald's like that guy was. But I want you to be prepared, man. I, and I don't even know why. It's like, I just feel like so many things are going on in our world. You know, here's a, here's a situation where uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, like one of my literally least favorite cities in America. Beautiful in its ways, but mm -mm, not my place. Uh, no offense to those of you who live there, but you, you know, you know. Uh, 15-year-old boy outside of his home uh, just last week, week before, and uh, he went out to get a case of water bottles from his dad's car. He never came back in. You know why? He got caught in a crossfire of an attempted carjacking taking place across the street. And um, two guys were pulling on a woman's car door as she drove to her apartment through the apartment complex. 
And um, she called for a boyfriend to come help. When he came outside, they started shooting. And a boy, 15 years old, got killed. Um, now, look at that. Look at that image. Put it back up there. Put it back up there. You know, there, there's this kid, 15 years old, hadn't even started living yet. And it makes you want to just protect your own, right? Makes you want to just move out in the middle of the country and live out there. But, you know, you, that's not how we're supposed to be. I mean, you move out of the country and, you know, who knows, maybe you live there a week and a tree limb falls on your head and kills you. I'm not saying that life is supposed to be safe, but senselessness shouldn't be out there like that. And we're living in a place where people are just disrespecting. Man's inhumanity for man has always been around. And we're just finding creative ways to display our insanity right now. Um, and and it's, a, it's a heartbreaking thing. Um, you got a situation in New Orleans. New Orleans, they arrested a father who uh, went out and killed the man that murdered his son. All right. Uh, I can't say, and I don't know all the situation, but I can't say that I wouldn't have done the same thing. Um, <laughs> I heard a story. Uh, I won't say where in Texas, but there was a hotel resort, and this guy kind of sexually was molesting a 12-year-old girl. And uh, father found out about it came in a hot tub, Chris. Father came down there, shot him right there where he sat in a hot tub. And, um, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, again, the world sometimes needs men to do some things and um, protect their own. You know, you start talking about murdering people's kids or raping people's kids. You're in a whole other world, man. The fact that that, I mean, we live in a world. Let me just say this before we go to another break. We live in a freaking world, dude, where we still don't know who the hell is in Jelaine Maxwell's Rolodex. Why? What in the hell are they protecting? Who are they protecting? You say, well, you don't, might not want to know. Oh, I want to know. I want them all exposed. I don't care who it is. Let the whole castle collapse. Let it fall down. But we protect that kind of stuff. You know why? Because we don't have men. We don't have men that are strong. People that want truth, people that want justice, people that want transparency. We don't have any of that stuff. We don't have any of that stuff. And I'm not talking about, you know, you, you're a dude. You go out there, you make your mistakes, you do dumb shit in your life. I understand that. I'm talking about some sick, twisted stuff that we keep hiding and we keep allowing to go on in our world. It falls on the shoulders of men. Hey, the war in Europe. It's uh, kind of chaos foreign identity thieves love and an easy target are American homeowners, and it's not your credit cards. That's small-time stuff. As I said earlier, these hackers want your homes. The crime is home title theft. It's exploding in the U.S., and no, you're not covered by your homeowner's insurance or common ID theft services. The problem is the title to our homes are kept online. An identity thief knows his big payday is easy by forging uh, just forging your signature stating that you sold your home to him. And they're going to take out loans against your home. And you're not even going to know they did it until the collection call started. You get an eviction notice from your own house. How do you protect yourself? I want you to go to HomeTitleLock.com. Register your address to see if you're already a victim. Protect your most valuable asset. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Be right back. 
right, so you know me. There's nothing I love better around here than music numbers, and sometimes you just got to throw back to an oldie but a goodie. Here's a little number we've played on the show before, gone from the charts, but not from our hearts, and maybe not from the charts as we're about to see. Chris, play the video. Um, I gotta ask, what the hell are we still teaching Shakespeare for? Shelley, Yates, Longfellow, bunch of amateurs compared to whatever sat down and penned A, B, C, D, E, F, U. Now, last Monday, we talked about woke teachers in our schools who are not only choosing to ignore current legislation on the teaching of their ideology in schools, but will do an end run around the parents who oppose it as well. And here we have... A fine example of exactly that. Now, the interesting thing about this particular case is that these teachers got in trouble. They've been put on leave. No word yet on how long they, they're on leave or whether it's paid leave. They could be taking a nice little vacation right about now. But hey, you want a little icing on the cake? Well, these two were school guidance counselors. I mean, could, could we be more on the nose, folks? Listen, folks, here's the long and the short of it. Woke is here. And it wants to stay. And the people who push it the hardest are often the people who have the least idea of what it's going to do long term to your kids. And they don't care. This is a thing that we have got to understand in our society. You ready? These people do not care about our kids. They care about the power that separating your children from you gives them. So let me say that again because it's pretty daggum important separating your children from you. They want to do it ide ideologically, emotionally, spiritually, and in many cases, even physically. It gives the left the power it needs to shape the next generation. It's kind of ingenious in a dumb way. I mean, they already have the children of the left-leaning parents. Those parents happily sacrifice their offspring on the altar of woke social progressivism without a second's thought. The real challenge is the rest of us and our kids. And if you're looking at this situation thinking it's a victory for the side of good, don't go popping the champagne cork just yet. We don't know what the long-term plan is for these two guidance counselors. Maybe they're right back to doing what they're doing a few weeks. You know, what they've been doing just right, you know, once the story dies down in the media, they're right back at it. And even if they're not, well, for everyone, one of those wokesters that gets sawed off at the knees when he, she, or Zier post some ignorant bullshit like this, there's a thousand of them who don't. And you know why? Because of one of their favorite words, normalization. Normalization. It's not enough to have spent the last few decades inducing a kind of forced tolerance out of the public at large and our children in particular. Now the imperative is that we embrace wokeism as the proper way to orient ourselves in the universe. When you see virtue signaling like this, you got to understand that the virtue signaling part is just the surface level. Beneath that smug exterior, it is so freaking happy with itself despite not having a good reason to be so, there hides a monstrous subtext, one of which many of the participants like these two might not even be fully aware of. In short, I want you to think of it this way. These people are a joke, but what they stand for, what they truly believe, and what they're practically killing themselves to impart to your children isn't a joke at all. This is why we're seeing these things happen in society. You remove the child from the parent. Get them out from under that influence. Make the parent the villain. 
you have you have the transition closets right in the school so you know what chris said earlier you know you're going to do something chances are the teacher was going to call your parents and let them know here's what happened at school today little johnny doing something crazy now they got transition closets where when you get there you can go in there close the door and change into whatever gender you feel best suits you today and the parents don't ever know well, we got to protect these kids from the. Listen, man. Listen. It ain't your place. I, I understand. By and large, parents aren't out there beating the shit out of their kids. They're not just out there abusing their kids. Chris, this morning, you sent me that graph, right? Of, of our perceptions. And it was a whole long list of these things. Our perceptions of what we think exists in America versus the reality of what exists in America. And you had the percentages. Yeah, we'll look at that tomorrow. Um, it's pretty interesting. Our perception of the way we think reality is, is not the truth. We perceive uh, this whole alternate reality. It's just not real. So you don't have the right as a, quote, educator to hide a child or information about that child or things that child is going through from those parents. You don't have that right. That's why Merrick Garland called parents domestic terrorists people who speak out at school boards, right? They want to make sure your father influence, as I was referring to earlier, is taken away. They understand something that is fundamental that we are ignoring. And that is the power of the parent to discipline a child, to give that child a sense of history and identity and destiny and legacy. All of these things that shape them for life. Schools can't give them that. Teachers can't give them that. Oh, they can, the, the teacher can help shape what's going on at home. You know, when I was a youth pastor, yeah, when I was a youth pastor, I used to tell these parents all the time, Chris, I'm pretty daggum good youth pastor too. I was a pretty good youth pastor. Because uh, I, I was involved in these kids' lives, and I was real with them, right? And um, people say, why'd you get out of the ministry? Uh, I don't think I ever did. Like, I, I still use my voice to bring people to another place. Uh, I just don't, I don't have a title in front of my name, and I'm okay with that. And you uh, don't have to be a pastor to impact you don't. the next generation. You don't. We it's don't exactly do Bible study why tomorrow. I'm doing the mentoring. Yeah. I'm not a pastor, yeah. but I, I see the need, the void of right. men not being men. Right. Guess what? I'm a man. I think I know some good things that I could pass to the next generation in a very selfish way because I want them to impact my two sons that I have right, right. now. Right. It is that simple. I, um, you're right. I had, you know, I just think that, you know, I, I will go back to that other thought. People say, why, you know, why, why'd you stop doing church ministry? Um, the church. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, mm, I, I just kind of got tired of getting stepped all over. By, and again, that's not all churches. It was my situation, all right? I had been in a bad situation, and I, and I walked out of that for a while in order to heal. Um, sometimes you got to step away to heal, get out of a toxic situation. And I didn't handle all of that as best I could have, but I was also very young uh, in here in terms of how to handle it, very naive. But, you know, when I was a youth pastor, you know, I would tell these parents, I would say, I'm not here to parent your child. Yep. 
I'm here to help encourage what you're doing in the home. So I want you to be the youth pastor, mom and dad. You pastor your children. And I'm going to come behind you, and we're going to strengthen what you've done. Now, if you're not building anything in those kids, I I don't know. I don't really have a lot to work with, right? Like this clay isn't real moldable here. I I need you guys to create an environment. So, So to me, being a youth pastor, for lack of better terms, I was pastoring the parents and helping them shape a ministry at home. And then I had something that I could work with. I had some clay that I could build. And I used to tell people, you know, you get these wild kids, little kids too, and, I, and you know, they're just all over the place, hyper, and just, wow, just tearing things apart. And people are like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry for how, you know, Johnny's acting. I'm like, I'd rather have one climbing the walls than one sitting in the corner eating glue. Because I can shape the, the wild one. Motivating the dead one. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard to do, but I can do something with this energy. Anyway, we'll talk more about that. I'll be right back. Maybe. Hit me. Bam. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Woo. We kind of laid on some heavy stuff today. Feels good, though. Feels good just kind of remind people that, you know, there's, there's some things out there and, and we could, you know, I don't know. Every now and then, I think maybe every now and then, Chris, we need to do episodes like this. We, you know, we can, have, we can have fun. We get silly on the show, and that's fun. But sometimes we need to remind people because, you know, what you do for a living you know, I, I tell jokes for a living. I sing music for, a, you know, sing songs for a living, write songs. I get to go have fun for a living. But, but what you do for a living isn't necessarily who you are, okay? There's always other dimensions. Like, like you know, I, I don't expect the plumber to walk around with poop on his fingers all the time. You know, sometimes he cleans up nice, puts on a suit and goes to church, you know, goes out to dinner with his wife. I don't, I don't walk up to the guy and say, man, can you come look at the bathrooms here in the restaurant? And I just, it's just what you do. It's not who you are. So anyway, sometimes it's good to get back to who you are. Um, Let's play a TikTok. Important things to remember. Not everyone who has a period is a woman and not every woman has a period. Period. Accept it. Move on. It's good advice. But also to my fellow trans women out there, you should never try to shame a woman with a period into being grateful that they have one by saying something like, you're so lucky. If I were you, I'd be so happy. Um, you're not them. You don't have a right to speak for them and it's not your job. But also cis women, please stop telling trans women or women without periods in general that they're lucky they don't have to deal with it. Um, that is really insensitive and cruel in some cases. Let's just all agree to be civil and polite about this and tackle that kind of conversation with grace and not make it some snide remark. Cool. But everyone, you should make sure that you're comfortable kind of saying the word period out loud and being in a conversation about periods because it's a perfectly normal thing and the taboo that society has on it is ridiculous. All right. So for those of you listening, that was a trans woman. Ma'am. Man. Oh, that was a dude, right? Yeah. I mean, biological. That we, obviously, that's a guy. Well, I'm not a biologist. And you're not a biologist. Sorry. But I'm going to make a deduction. 
and say that was born with a penis. Okay. Um, I, I, and I say that I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just saying, I don't, I, I don't understand all the gobbledygook. Okay. Here's my point. Why do we got to keep talking about people's periods? What, what, like, is that a thing? Like, do women sit around talking about their periods? I, I, I mean, I, I've been married. I've been married to two different women. I've, I've had a couple of mother-in-laws. I've got a mother. I've got some daughters. I've got female dogs. I, I like. I have a lot of estrogen in my life. I I don't know. I have I have friends that are females. I mean, I'm no biologist, but I don't. Do y'all sit around just talking about your periods, or is it people who can't have their periods that are so obsessed with this thing? And, and realizing that since they can't, you better not say anything about it to them. They can talk about it all they want, but you can't talk about it. They said, don't you say this, you cisgender people. Don't you say this to us because it's offensive. Whoopie-doo. <laughs> you don't have a uterus. You don't have a uterine lining. You don't have anything to shed. Uh, you know, that's biology, by the way. Uh, you can't have a period. Um, and I've said it before, if you're bleeding out of something, please go to the doctor. So we don't, one, care that, I don't care if you get offended. It's the biology that's offending you. But just stop with this whole nonsense of saying, <laughs> just stop trying to defend your right to have a period, okay? Here's a coupon. Go to the store. Buy some maxis. Wear them if that makes you feel comfortable. But please stop. Please stop with this nonsense. And for the love of God, get some psychological help. We'll be right back. Guys, I got to admit, I, I was wrong. I was wrong during the break. Mark got his period. That's awesome. Show it. Let's see you, Mark. Let's see you. Look at him. He's a real woman now. Yeah. Look at him. He's so happy. So happy to get his period. Hey, go to blazetv.com slash Chad. Use promo code MoreChad and sign up at blaze tv i want you to get our overtime i don't, I don't know what we're going to talk about this week but it'll be good um anyway i uh who knows never know but sign up please uh go to, go do a little shopping at uh, chat on blaze uh is that right chat on blaze.com and chat on blaze.com grab you some t-shirts over there we got some new stuff that's coming out as well i may be up already i don't know have to go take go take a look and please 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 tell your friend about this show and uh, get them watching and listening as well. It helps our numbers and it helps keep me relevant. And God knows we want that. Um, but go to where podcasts are offered and leave us a five-star rating and a review. Tell us what you think about this whole issue of fatherlessness and society at large. And I want more than anything for you guys to know that we love you. And God bless you. And I hope you guys have a great Monday night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs>